Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before we get started, I want to let you know about an unprecedented deal in the annals of Dunked on Prime. We are offering a one-month free trial. If you've been on the fence about trying Dunked on Prime, we want to let you give it a shot risk-free to you. If you don't like it, just cancel after a month, and you can get every Hollinger and Duncan between now and then. You can get the mock trade deadline episode with me, Kevin Pelton, Dan Feldman, Danny LaRue. You can get all of our trade deadline analysis. One of the best times to be a Dunked on Prime subscriber. You also get access to our Discord where you can chop it up with all the other hoop storks on the Discord, talk about all the trade deadline stuff, all the fake trades. You can get Dan's daily dunks every single day during the week, talking about the biggest storylines in either audio or written form. You get Seth Partnos writing and written chats from all of us here at Dunked on Prime. So give it a shot risk-free for one month, one month free trial, unprecedented. We want to ensnare you in Dunked on Prime, but of course you can cancel for free if you don't like it. Well, John, the time has crept up on us. The NBA All-Star Game is upon us. Indianapolis in February, baby. Let's go. <laughs> well, I, I wonder uh, if the homestanding team will have a, a player starting in the All-Star Game. That'll yes. be an interesting question. Now, worth noting that there is no games played requirement for the All-Star team. Our last bastion of sanity. Who would have thought that I'd be speaking about making the All-Star team as a bastion of sanity, but this this is the point <laughs> that we've reached it right now. We can't vote Joel uh, Embiid for MVP, but we can still vote him for the All-Star game, right? Oh, thank thank God. Yeah, well, it's, uh, the fans would riot, John. I think the fan voting is just so incredibly important. Um, what are your criteria for the All-Star game? Uh, I think it should just go in direct order of the standings. They should just like pick players from the teams with the best records and kind of ignore individual performance or whatever. Um, you know, it should be a reward for winning, right? Like that's that's how they originally conceived the idea of the All-Star game, right? It wasn't for the best 24 players in the league to be on the court at the same time. It was it was actually originally called the reward for winning game. A lot of people don't know this. Uh-huh. And then they then, then they changed it later to make it catchier and kind of copy baseball. Mm. Uh, mm, okay okay uh, you know i i was thinking that you know the ideal way to do it would be to copy the openness and transparency of the basketball hall of fame just <laughs> if there's some shadowy cabal available that, that we could find um or, or maybe maybe like some like college conference commissioners could vote on it would, would that be <laughs> yeah yeah 
<laughs> that's a, that's uh, a great I mean, idea. Yeah. And every every everybody everybody who played on the same team as Magic Johnson just automatically gets in. Honestly, I think that the way that the starters are selected is actually really good. I wonder what would happen if you just went that route for the entire roster. Would you get better results? Probably not because I think the way they have it set up for the starters now, you know, Andrew Wiggins in 2022 aside that you can at least there's sanity like there haven't been yes. any like totally ridiculous picks like they put in this check of the players and the media voting to avoid any ac green or potential zaza Pachulia yeah situation so i think they do it pretty well and the reserves it just like the coaches voting oh did you hear this that like pascal siakam wanted to go to indiana in part because he heard that rick carlisle voted for him for the all-star team yes. last year on this now- super secret ballot that uh <laughs> nobody wants to get in trouble for except when it helps our team trade for an all-star now you realize that so like in the pregame media thing somebody will inevitably say oh did you you know vote for our player from the visiting team for the all-star game and what the hell is coach going to say it's so easy for him to say yes cuz nobody will ever call him on it like yeah. it's not like he saw Rick Carlisle's ballot you know it's just a reporter asked him he's like yeah sure i voted for him you know oh, oh was was it actually <laughs> public said- i thought I thought he heard through like back channels or something. I didn't realize that that was just public that he said that. I'm pretty sure that's how how it went down. Yeah. And okay. So- well, that's. I mean, isn't that tampering? To answer that question. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, it, I, I mean, I, I clearly it's not ta- like I think the whole tampering thing is a little crazy at times, yeah. but like that's. <laughs> Right, like the Raptors maybe could have gotten a better package for another team. Mm-hmm. Um, have we talked? We haven't talked about the Siakam trade yet, have I don't we? Think, we recorded. I don't think we have. We recorded early next uh, last week. Yeah, what yeah. did you think about about that? I understand why Indiana felt like they should do it because even though they probably overpaid for the right to overpay Pascal Siakam, just because who the hell else were they getting? A and then B. I still think they're in position to do another blockbuster if there's like a Donovan Mitchell that's out there later. They still have enough stuff left over to do that too. So they didn't take themselves necessarily out of anything huge, but with the assets they committed to this, because they still have Jarris Walker, Benedict Matherin, first and twenty-eight and, and thirty. Um, they still have enough to put into a deal. I think that could be tempting for another team. The the thing you just wonder about is what does Siakam's next contract look like? I'm sure they had discussions about that, even though it's you're not technically supposed to. I mean, is he getting a four-year max after this year from Indiana? Ooh. Right? Yeah. I that's mean, th- I mean, that's that's a that will be fascinating to think of like, yeah, is is it re- because that in theory, Toronto at one point offered him a three-year 30% max that he didn't want. The, yeah. the, the reporting has indicated on multiple occasions that that was offered the most they could offer, by the way, before the start of last season. He wanted to instead hold on, try to get super max. Toronto said, hey, even if you qualify, we're not paying you that, which I thought was a very reasonable approach Absolutely. to take. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, I, I mean, I think there's like this understanding, like, yes, it's obviously going to be a max. And I mean, I, it, maybe there'll be some team protection kind of on the end of it. The, I think my, the, yeah. the years more than the money is what would concern of me course. if I was Indiana. Yeah. I would say like I would go three and I would probably be OK with that, even if it was relatively yeah. close to the max. But that a, a fourth guaranteed year, whew, that that's probably where I walk away. I mean, no, I don't think you would. Not now. 
Well, yeah. Now that you have maybe some maybe you would you would have yeah yeah. Well, so this is my thought on it. I agree with you. I I, I don't know if they yeah you know, overpaying for the right to overpay. I mean, if they're if they if he just got a three year max, you would feel okay with the amount that they gave up. It feel okay. I mean, they didn't give up anything special, right? That the yeah. what they gave up was was late round draft, late first draft equity, basically with these three picks. Yeah. the the twenty six pick is the big one that matters um that that's the one where uh i think they because this year like when you can get the obligation done in that year and still have stuff going forward now they could still trade two firsts let's see is that right yeah two firsts and then they you know they have swatsville and they still have jairus walker and they still have matherin and they held on to jalen smith about to be free agent jalen smith that was that that was a big guy they had to hold on to apparently <laughs> but so like i think that's fine you, you they have enough kind of young guys and i think ultimately they may overpay siakam but that's okay like that's kind of my my thought is like they're still getting a good player most teams have a guy who's overpaid mm-hmm. and there's the way that they've set themselves up puts them in decent position to do that right they had the turner renegotiation extension he's not making that much they've got aaron neesmith probably going to start at the three making 11 million dollars a year yeah. going forward um you know the, they're hoping to have uh, uh other contributors you know the two is a in theory ben mathers going to start at the two he's on a rookie contract for another two years. so to have one guy who's overpaid but still a good player still a much better talent still upgrading on by far your weakest position that you didn't have another way to upgrade on bruce braun was probably going to be gone in the summer anyway uh particularly if you were going to try to use cap space right like there's the oh you could have used mm-hmm. cap space to get i'm like i i think this price was worth paying to both get siakam now eliminate other potential suitors and also to be able to stay over the cap and re-sign some of your free agents or not have to waive tj mcconnell for example so i thought yeah. the, the price i was paid was reasonable there so i i'm not like head over heels for this move but i think this is for to be competitive over the next two or three years this is the best thing they probably could have done yeah I, I guess that's pretty close to where i landed i i mean like i said i i at the end of the day, I I get why they did. I just I just wonder what the discussion was with his people. That of course didn't actually happen because you're not allowed to do that. So, but um, where 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 did that end up? I'm very curious about that. Where that lands this summer, and you know, could another team try to jump in and be a spoiler this summer? I sort of doubt it. Like Philadelphia is probably the only one that's realistic, right? Yeah. But he's so. a terrible fit with Embiid. Like I, I've said this before. I would probably rather just re-sign Tobias Harris for what that would cost than to sign Siakam to a max with uh, his fit struggles. I think with Embiid, Team Cameroon not doing it for you? Not, no, I don't think. I mean, that's that's part of why I like. I mean, Siakam to me is just he's worth more to you in indiana siakam's one of the best transition players in the league yeah another grab and go guy they have turner to spread the floor at the five or you could play next to jalen smith who also shoots it okay as well and then you know you've got halliburton setting up okay you want to put your center on siakam and put your small forward or, or your power forward on miles turner okay well fine we'll just run pick and roll with siakam and halliburton and you're probably not going to be able to switch that then if you got your center on siakam so that's you know siakam could play as a role man also so like i think it's really and then he's 
he's basically for a second best offensive player, which is where he slots in. He's better defensively than a lot of those guys. Like he gets yeah. them better defensively Definitely. than what they were trotting out. Now they can move Neesmith to the three. Like Neesmith, Siakam, Turner is actually a reasonable three through five defensively, which is all they need to be. And uh, also gives them, you know, they can reduce the, the load on Halliburton some because he gets hurt every year. So ultimately, I think I would have done it. Would you have done it? I think ultimately, if th- if this was the walk away, I probably would have ended up at doing it just because I, the thing we get, like, what is the what is the alternative? What is the other deal that was going to be out there for Indiana? Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Zach Levine. <laughs> you know, like, so yeah, I, like, I, and they're not going to be in the second apron, you know, or something like that. Right? I mean, they're probably not even going to be in the tax over the next few years, even if they. Oh, I guarantee you, they won't be in the tax. It's just a question of how they get there. Well, yes, yeah, they won't be under massive pressure to right. get out of the tax or like have to make a move that they don't want to do. Yeah. You know, they're not really going to face any financial apocalypses here until you know, I think Turner could probably be re-signed for about the same money that yeah, he's I making, maybe that. a little bit more. And then, you know, Mather and Walker, like their extensions are a couple of years away. So, you know, maybe you run into a little pain in like, you know, 26, 27 when Siakam is still on your books. He's not as effective and you got to pay some of these other guys. But I, I think that's that's not the end of all. I think they're okay there. I think um, the big and thing, also yeah. big thing the Pacers need to do now is start a clandestine campaign. Uh, Jalen Brunson and Damian Lillard for third team All NBA. Well, Halberton just may not play enough games at this point. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, if they keep him out of enough games, yeah, that would take care of itself too. Yeah, I mean, I think he's missed like ten or so now. So. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think it's uh, so. Where do you see them in the East now with this group, and then over the next couple of years? I think actually there are five really strong teams in the East, so I think Indiana might still be sixth, um, and then the playoff version of Miami might be better than them too. But I, I think Indiana now can feel pretty good about being one of those top six and not having to go through the play-in, or worst case, ending up seven yeah. and having to win like one home game against the Orlando Magic. So I I think the the your your past stage of like being too worried about making the postseason i guess if you're them as long as that you know halliburton stays reasonably healthy yeah they needed a number two for tyrese halliburton over the next couple of years i don't think that ben matherin or jarris walker were going to develop into that they probably weren't going to have a high enough draft pick with halliburton going forward to where they felt like they could acquire that player in the draft and this is i i made this point with danny this is easily the best player at least in terms of his credentials at the time obviously they did trade for halliburton but this is the best player in terms of his credentials at the time that the Pacers ever ever traded for uh and so like see why I do you hate I, I don't, yeah. Sabonis, nate we, we we know we know where this yeah. is really coming from yeah, but Sabonis hadn't done anything, he hadn't done anything at, when at the time they traded for him. Traded for him. Yeah, I mean, like uh, Victor Oladipo made second team yeah. All-NBA the year that he got traded for. So he was, he, but at the time he was like, you know, wow, is this guy even like a decent contract? Like, what, why yeah. didn't they get draft picks from RGC? Um, Yeah, so I, I think, and like, I don't know that this deal is going to work, but I think there could be kind of an alchemy here, right? If they're the number one offense and adding Siakam and moving Neesmith to the three can get your defense to be like league average, then, yeah, you know, they are right in the mix with some of these other teams. And then we just, all right, we got to see what Siakam and Halliburton do in the playoffs. So you just haven't seen what all these guys are capable of yet. But, and Rick Carlisle is a really good playoff coach. So I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to tell you that they couldn't be the fourth best te- playoff team in the East. 
like that's a possibility to me. I think like whereas I don't think that was realistic before this. So I, I think yeah. they've and then over the next couple of years, hopefully Siakam will maintain his value for at least you know two more seasons after this one. Uh, so yeah, I think I think I probably would have done it. I, I I think it's and particularly because they are just set up so well both financially and on the floor to absorb Siakam and make him be effective in a way that he never was going to be in Toronto. Like the writing was on the wall as soon as they drafted Scotty Barnes and he was good yeah. that Siakam was going to be done there at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all of my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns you can customize. Things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets. And you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media. Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash PER. You think uh, Bruce Brown has any trade value? Certainly it's being talked up in the media. What do you think? I, th- I think he has value to a point. I don't know if you can get a first for him on, on yeah, the contract uh, he's on, but you know, two seconds and expiring slop or, or actually, no, the proverbial like five seconds that we talked about last week, even uh, something like that. I, why I think not something six? Like that, so, yeah, exactly. Something like that could be on, on the table for him. Fair. Uh, 
Yeah, or you get to first round value by dumping someone that you don't want. But there aren't that many unlike contenders. I don't know who that really is, right? I mean, I mean, like Dallas might would in theory be interested in him. Like you noted this that Bruce Brown hadn't been that great this year. But he well, so. and and the word was that he wasn't happy there either. Um, that he wanted out. So yeah, uh, so we'll we'll see if it's a better vibe for him in Toronto. But yeah, there's really no reason Toronto's going to decline that option so they can have the cap room, take advantage of quickly's cap. Hold like there, there's just no reason for Toronto to hang on to him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, maybe what they could do is decline the option and bring him back at a lower side. But he's he's yeah. pretty duplicative of the guys they have already. So I, it does make sense to me to move him on. Uh, I mean, yeah, and certainly like if there were some way for Denver to get their hands on him, I'm sure they would be happy to do that. And then they could decline the team option and sign him to something longer term. But I just don't think they have the matching salary. I, I'm not sure there's a way, especially with the constraints now with them being in the tax, one ten percent matching. Uh, yeah. I don't think like even with Zeke Nagy, Reggie Jackson, and like three other guys, I'm not even sure they can get to enough salary. No, I, and I, you know, Reggie Jackson has been helping them some of this, yeah. this year too. All right, let's get back to all-star now and what are your criteria we'll say it seriously <laughs> my legitimate criteria yeah uh, well, well actually here before before that we, we kind of got interrupted on this what how would you select the reserves if it's not you know double secret probation ballot by uh, the shadowy cabal that is the nba uh conference coaches I, or i'm I, sorry i mean i mean the uh fourth video coordinator <laughs> I, I I actually think the the coaches take the All Star series enough that they actually usually do the voting for it. Um, okay. Yeah, it's, it's some of the year end stuff is is maybe a little more shadowy because um, everyone's trying to get out the door and there's like, hey, I don't want to deal with this shit. But uh, All Star the coaches take seriously. Um, I'm not sh- I'm not sure that the that the current method is can be improved on to a significant degree. I, you I, don't like think I, the media would do better? No. I'm not sure they would. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously it depends what media. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I think it would be, I think it would end up being fairly coast heavy, uh, the, the voting. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't well, know. The, I mean, I, the media does, does the, uh, the end of season award. So I, I understand why it wouldn't be any different for all-star. Right. I, I, maybe I you just, just think, yeah. I just think that the end of year voting is easier because it's, it is so much more just a slice of the t- very top of the league. Um, and the terms of the debate are much more easily defined when it's down to two or three guys. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's a lot harder for something where you really need to have seen every team yeah. in a fairly serious way. Okay. And, not and, every team. Yeah. Sorry, Charlotte, you're not getting an all star but all, all the relevant teams and and then you know across both conferences yeah i don't know i i could the media do it just as well yeah probably could they do it any better uh, yeah i don't know i don't know well let's uh let's prove that we can do better right now okay uh so okay. so our criteria Mm-hmm. Number one, I try not to focus too much on missed games until you've missed maybe like 50% of the season or something. Like if you're a perennial all-star playing at your normal level and you know you missed a month of the season with a hamstring injury, I'm not going to consider that too much because I'm trying to think like, yes, the all-star game happens in the middle of the season. It just has to due to for the promotional aspect. They just need something at yeah. that time. However, like this is the all-stars for that season. So I, I don't want to pick something that's going to look stupid at the end of the year. And generally, the way to do that is, ah, you know, Devin Booker missed uh, missed three weeks with the hamstring and he hasn't brought as much value because this other guy has 
played a little bit more. And then by yeah. the end of the season, like that guy misses a little time. And it's like they played the same number of games and Devin Booker is way better. Than yeah, we're, we're not voting on most win shares through game 45. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally agree. And then I, I think there's a broader element too, which is sort of, it's not that I'm not focusing on this season, but I'm also trying to take into context the bigger picture of like, is, is player X really better than player Y? Like, is that really what we're seeing yeah. here? Um, or if if not, is there some good contextual reason for us to not be saying that but still be okay with it uh i i think as as a tiebreaker that can kind of be really helpful um what else? And yeah, I mean, I I don't pay that much attention to, to team records for this. I think it's like the the whole like oh we should have representation because we're the third best record in the league or whatever. It's like no, shut up. Like this is that's not what this is. Um, it's you get representation in the playoffs for doing that. Um, th- this is the, picking the twelve best players in the league, and it's totally rational that like you could have the fourteenth, seventeenth, and twentieth best players in your conference and not have anyone on the all star team and still like win forty something games and make the playoffs or whatever. So uh, that, that's my spiel on that. Let me see if I have uh, anything else uh, on my criteria. Yeah, position-wise, if it makes the overall team way better, I'll try to move people around. So I'm like, I've had Luka Doncic at forward before. I don't think I'm going to do that this year. But uh, I, I think, yeah, I, I just don't want to. And I think it's the league is deeper in terms of quality players than it's been before. But I just don't want to end up with, you know, there like a see there's a season when like Julius Randall made it over Jimmy Butler. And I was just like, man, I can't like this is like Randall's actually improved a lot since then. But I'm just like, man, I, I can't get behind that. Right. Like that's yeah. like Jimmy Butler, you know, just led a team to the finals the year before so yeah we, we uh, did that whole we'll movie yeah. again last year yeah yeah and, and i'll i i think yeah historical track record who i think is better is kind of a tiebreaker you know if a guy just clearly hasn't been at his at his usual level and also if i kind of think hey this guy's kind of fallen down a little bit right like all right if you you didn't have a great start to the season and you're a 29 year old all-time great okay i'll give you the benefit of the doubt if you're 36 yeah. now and it's like yeah it might be might be starting to fall off a little bit then i'll, I'll note that as well east or west deal choice you want to start with the good the good players or the, the not so good players it was really jarring doing this it was like wow the east the east is really kind of a jv league <laughs> once it, you get past yeah, the first few guys it's amazing how how is that still always the case <laughs> right like, even though it feels like there's less of a disparity uh all right, yeah let's let's start in the east then we'll we'll save okay. the best for last sure so a reminder on the format the starters two guards three front court the reserves two guards three front courts and two wild cards from any position let's begin with the east guards okay uh i thought this was pretty clear i had tyrese halliburton and donovan mitchell yeah halliburton is just dead bang obvious yeah has an argument for the best offensive player in the league the way the team plays when he's on the floor offensively is just ridiculous. You're, we're probably not giving any extra credit for in-season tournament performance at this <laughs> point. But if you just look at what the team has done offensively with him on the floor, 125.3 offensive rating when Tyrese Halliburton is on the floor. His individual statistics are ridiculous. He leads the league in assists. He leads the league. 
league in Seth Partnow's playmaking usage uh, on 27.2% of possessions. When he's on the floor, he throws a pass that leads to a shot. And that is just an absolutely insane number. Uh, And so he's driving everything on their offense. His individual efficiency is amazing. Still shooting 40% from three, nine per 36 minutes. Uh, Incredible volume. 13.6 assists per 36. I mean, when's when's the last time we've seen a number that high? That's like a crazy that you got to go back to like Stockton and Magic probably for a number like that uh, in terms of assists per 36. So, yeah, I, I, I like that. He's unbelievable. He's you know one of the best guards in the league, certainly the best guard in the East. But let's get into that next step. Then why did you have Mitchell? Uh, who are your other candidates there for East guard? Uh, you know, there's some other guys who like had good years and we, you know, we're used to talking about when you get into, you know, Tyrese Maxey, Damian Lillard, you know, Jalen Brunson, uh, you know, Trey Young, Derek White, I guess, has some fans this year. Uh, Drew Holiday, I think, has, has really fallen off offensively this year. Uh, Zach, Zach Levine hasn't been as good. Uh, but re- really at that at that top level, I, I mean, Mitchell has really carried Cleveland through their injuries. They're on pace for another 50-win season, even with uh, Garland and Mobley missing big chunks of time. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm probably a little biased because I just watched him come in and just absolutely carve up Atlanta on Saturday night. Yeah, you but. really you got to stop watching these Atlanta games. You're, you think <laughs> whoever whoever has just played the Hawks, you think they're like the greatest player in NBA history? Why won't teams give up three firsts for Kyle Kuzma? Um, no, uh, <laughs> Mitchell. I mean, he just he's he scores pretty efficiently, and like he's basically playing point guard now. He's rifling these one handed passes, and, and like I think his playmaking has is, is gone up another level this year. I don't know what the if the numbers would agree with me on that or yeah. not. No, he actually has. Uh, a higher playmaking usage now uh, than Damian Lillard does, um, which is, who's kind of the other candidate. Now Mitchell doesn't have a Giannis Antetokounmpo on his team, but uh, that's yeah. I, I you know Mitchell is re- his candidacy has really surged. Uh, he he's played a lot fewer minutes than Lillard, about 270 minutes fewer than Lillard, and Lillard's been a little bit more efficient. He's been better in the clutch than Mitchell. Like that's that's been a big part of Lillard's candidacy. I mean, historically, I would say though that Lillard is better than Mitchell I'm really on the fence I mean they're both going to make my team obviously but I'm really on the fence of like who I would have as as a starter there is Lillard the other guy you'd consider for starter or you not even really got him in there uh I actually, I, I mean, I considered Maxi sort of on the same level with Lillard, and I, I'm not sure that Lillard is is better than Mitchell anymore. Like that, that, that to me, that that's one of yeah. the reasons that made it an easy call to just go with Mitchell is because I, I don't think that's necessarily true anymore. Yeah, I mean, Dame is shooting fewer threes per thirty six, and basically about the same percentage as Mitchell. Mitchell is way better defensively than Lillard. I think Lillard's defense has been a big part of why Milwaukee has struggled in transition is like it's also like a really bad transition defender so and and then yeah you've also got maxi brunson those are probably the other two that would be in that mix uh white's candidacy did you you take him seriously as a as a candidate i mean it okay if he was in the west i would just laugh this off uh, I, I think as we get to the bottom of the east and we start scraping the barrel i think we're gonna we're gonna see that he he might have some kind of case but like no. guard with 19 usage like I, I don't know man like that's that's kind of, that feels very much like a reach yeah now he's shooting 41 percent on threes like he's 
adding some, really a movement shooting component this season. Uh, and when you look at the uh, advanced numbers, he's fifth in the in the league in estimate or sorry fifth in the conference in estimated plus minus uh, and also comes out really well in uh, estimated raptor r.i.p regular raptor but neil Payne is still doing uh, estimated raptor i uh, used to work at, at 538 making that available so uh yeah i mean that by those statistics he has a case it's still it's like you said it's tough for me to get quite on board with that idea um you know it, it, now the celtics have to have a second guy we'll see whether whether we can come up with one i rule uh obviously tatum's gonna be in the in the front court all right so so you had donovan mitchell yeah lillard i mean lillard has played eight more games than mitchell as well like i think their statistical resumes are pretty similar at this point in time i still got to go with lillard I, I think i still i still believe he's like i think their their stats are pretty similar and i still until further notice i'm gonna say that damian lillard i think is a better player than uh than donovan mitchell is so i i will go with lillard as my second starter um so yeah I, but i will certainly have mitchell as one of my reserve guards and then i need one more as as do you so do you have lillard on as a, as a reserve guard or are you so uh, yeah my he's... my reserve my two reserve guards are lillard and maxi um maxi to me gets a slight nod over jalen brunson i just think he's been a little more overall effective as an off- offensive player they've both been like giant minute sponges which sort of helps yeah. candace a little bit but I, I think at the margins like especially when you see philadelphia play without Embiid, i mean they just don't lose a lot you know when they they just put the put it in Maxi's hands uh, like that. I think that to me has been the most impressive part. Yeah, that's it's that's tough. I mean, I, I I don't think there's much of a difference between them defensively. I mean, the Knicks 120 offensive rating with Brunson on the floor, 105 when he's off the floor. Uh, that that number is probably not going to improve too much for New York in terms of that differential because uh, they traded away their other point guard. Uh, Maxi, though, you know, his on off is about the same 15 difference, 122 on, 107 off. Now, Brunson is not playing with Joel Embiid and he's not playing with the amount of spacing or, frankly, the offensive coaching that Maxi is playing with. Uh, Maxi, I think, you know, he's kind of easier to play with. Both those guys are shooting really well, but Brunson is like more of a pounder. Uh, ultimately, I think. I would uh, we'll have to see where we get to in terms of wild card, but uh, deciding it right now. Yeah, I think I probably would have to go Maxi. Maxi is also, I'm pretty sure, uh, actually, he just got surpassed by uh, uh, Julius Randle and Scotty Barnes for minutes played, but he's right up there. Uh, he's uh, leading the league in minutes per game. So, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go with Maxi right now over Brunson, but that's that's a really close one, and certainly Brunson is in uh, is in serious consideration as well and, and is the next best guard. So we'll just have to see how he stacks up with our remaining front court options where we yes. should probably shift right now as a professional welder Shayna ford uses forge fx to practice over and over which helps her improve her skills the more muscle memory that you have the smoother your weld is learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. East front court starters, unbelievably easy. You agree? Uh, yes. Uh, Embiid, Giannis, and Paul Reed. 
can't start for his own team, but that's because yeah. he's stuck behind Joel Embiid, <laughs> exactly. who's also starting in the All Star game. Yeah. Exactly. No, I uh, yeah, Embiid, Giannis, and Tatum. Tatum, I'll point out, has not been as as good no. as uh, this year as he has in past years. And if there were another viable starting, like truly viable starting candidate, uh, you know, I might go ahead and make that call. But there, there just isn't. I mean, he's he's the other guy there. Yeah, Jimmy Butler, uh, if he ha- had played a little bit more. Uh, again, he's just doesn't put up like amazing counting stats, but oh, um, Heat are uh, way, way better when he plays uh, eight points per 100 better. Like he's basically the only one of their main guys who has like a really solid, you know, playoff level of net rating. So I, he'll, I think he'll probably end up making my team. Yeah, this this East front court is not unbelievable. I guess that's part of why people are talking up Scotty Barnes as an all star is like there's not that much competition. Um, how about for the reserve front court in the East? Uh, so the first spot was obvious to me, which was Jimmy Butler. Um, I don't care that he's only played 28 games. He's just way the hell better than all these other candidates. And yeah, I think at the end of the year, it'll seem laughable if he gets left off the all-star team, just like it was laughable last year. And just as it was just like it was laughable in, uh, was it 21? Uh, so yeah, it, 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 ha- it has to be Jimmy Butler. I mean, there, there's no question about it. My other reserve the name I had at the top of my list was Kristaps Porzingis, uh, a guy who has also missed some time, only 960 total minutes, but like he's just better than these other guys. And you can see his impact on Boston. Uh, he's he's really helped them become a much better team just because stylistically he, they can play a different way and just have him mash uh, when they get mismatches and switches and stuff. You saw it last night against against Houston. They just went to him on the block time and again. And anyone, anytime there's a smart player, I mean, he just shoots right over him and scores. And there's nothing they can do about it so I, ju- I just think he's a really valuable player uh who has has stayed mostly healthy this year and you know p- props to him i think he abs- absolutely deserves this and and like if he had okay if he had played more than 960 minutes i think we'd be talking about him even in the west i, I think he's been that level of good yeah only playing 30 minutes a game as well like he certainly has to be managed but I mean, Boston has been awesome when he's played. I think he's clearly, to me, been their second best player this season. And the way that he spaces the floor, you can do, you can pick and pop, you can pick and roll, you can, if you switch him, he can post up. Yeah. And then on defense, he benefits some from the way that they keep him out of some of the main actions. But opponents, uh, when they're contested at the rim against Boston, they shoot one of the worst percentages in the league. He's a, a huge part of that. So to be able to provide competent rim protection while also being this jack of all trades on the offensive end uh, i think is is really impressive and you know he's been able to carry over like i thought he was playing at an all-star level last year in washington but that was in washington like he's really hasn't missed a beat uh, in terms of what he's gonna done in boston so yeah i think and and like who else are we considering here at this point right like if you're like hey would would you rather have scotty barnes or you know julius randall or siakam you know really uh, i mean the only other guy where i'm just like hey i might rather have this guy would be bam out of bio but he's still a tougher fit than porzingis is because porzingis has so much versatility offensively so who is your uh third front court guy then yeah we got to take three in this front court huh can i it would appear I, so can i make jalen brunson a power forward <laughs> all right who, who are our other candidates here we got barnes so I, th- I think, the, yeah, uh, when you look at Barnes, Brown, the two guys from Orlando, uh, Jared Allen's had a really good year. Uh, Julius Randle, Siakam, you got B- Bam, who's, who's a pretty strong candidate. Uh, our friend Kyle Kuzma, uh, am I missing anyone? Uh, 
I don't think so. Uh, I mean, DeMar DeRozan, if you squint hard, he's really fallen off this year, though. I would say, you know, Brooke Lopez. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, Bam Adebayo is just easily the best player of these guys. And he's putting, like, the Heat have some weird numbers in terms of their offensive differential when he's on the floor. Part of that, though, has been because he's been kind of the main guy when Butler has missed a bunch of time, when Hero was out some uh, as well. I don't put it on Bam Adebayo that the Heat offense isn't that good. Like, he's, he's never going to be, like, you know, one of the best offensive players. But he's continued to grow a weapon, like, beat some mismatches his free throw line jumper is becoming enough where like people will jump at the pump fake and he can get to the foul. like he's gotten much better at getting the line this year as well so it's continued to be incremental improvement for him so i i think to me like there's nothing in his stat line other than that the impact metrics don't like him because of that that fluky on off number uh on the the offense uh, there's nothing in his overall stat line to me to indicate he's not playing at like kind of his normal level. So uh, yeah, he's not incredibly efficient for a center, but he also just generates a lot of offense one-on-one. And he, he to me, I mean, is he, he might be the best defensive player in the East. I, I think his defense is the thing that, that would put yeah. him, put him over here because I, I think he's actually a pretty blah offensive player. Like there's just a lot of dribbling around for contested twos, but yeah, defensively he's just really good and really good in ways that i think are uh kind of scalable to postseason environments which is one reason that that miami is punched above its weight in the playoffs because you you just switch with him and he's so good on switches that he just he just takes that away now i I do feel like his rim protection has maybe fallen off a little bit the last couple years but at the at the same time still just a just a, a really good defensive player and we're comparing him to guys that are that are fine but not not in that category so i yeah, I... I've wrestled with this. I mean, th- this is definitely, we're definitely into like the Eastern Conference All-Stars now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say- I, I mean, is- Bam Adebayo is the second best player on a team that's made three of the last four East Finals and two of the last four NBA Finals. I, I, no shame in picking him. Okay. All right. So, yeah, okay. So B- Bam is is my pick here. So so we, we went with Porzingis, Jimmy Butler, and Bam, right? Yeah. So we've got two wild cards left. I mean, one of them probably has to like- has to be Brunson. Clearly, Jalen sure. Brunson is one of them. Yes. So, yeah. Are there any other guards that we really want to? I mean, Trey Young has to get into this mix at some point. Trey Trey Young is in the mix. Um, I would say he's having his worst season. He's he's always right around, been right around like the ninth to twelfth best player in the East, right? Um, he, he's he's defended a little better this year than in past seasons, but offensively, he's having his worst season. And then the Hawks overall have have not been good and his weaknesses still factor into them not being good just because he's on the ball so much um and his defensive weaknesses are so clear that it does make it harder to kind of build the team around him so that that has to factor into it too so yeah i, I think brunson clearly gets a nod over trey young well and trey i mean it used to be man this guy was like these guys are the second best offense in the league with him at the controls and they have a 115 offense rating with him on the floor like that's not and, and they're negative 2.6 
overall when he's on the floor too like that's just not not very good um so yeah i mean so who are our other candidates then? Yeah, i i think i probably i mean just i'm, I'm pretty underwhelmed by a lot of these it probably needs to be julius randall no. I, I would say no? no take that back uh Why? so no we got we got jalen brown and scotty barnes is what it comes down to for me and why why is scotty barnes better than julius randall I, again these I, i've never been particularly high on either of these guys uh, scotty <laughs> is on the ascent of course but yeah i mean it is tough that randall's shooting 30 percent on threes this year and he's lowered his volume like i think scotty barnes is a good defensive player too like he's he's done some i know on on the ball he can sometimes be a little sluggish or whatever but he's he's had some plays yeah. uh like as a secondary rim protector and coming off the ball I, I thought i think he's done some really good stuff on that end yeah not not that good at the point of attack but yeah he's really improved as a health defender i think this year yeah jared allen can we like Cavs are, are uh, now number two in the NBA in defense. He probably Jared, deserves the lion's share of the credit for that. Jared Allen has been really good. Uh, he's he's shooting the ball more from. He's not a three point shooter. But he's shooting the ball more from mid range um, and just overall. I mean, he's probably having the best season of his career, uh, even better than when he made the All Star team two years ago. Now he probably shouldn't have made that All Star team, but I, I think I think he at least has a case. He's probably more like an injury replacement guy for me. Siakam? I can't get there. I I just I just don't think he's been he's been quite good enough. Yeah, I, I mean, sixty percent true shooting and Raptors offense way better when he's on the floor than off, which is not the case for Scotty Barnes. Um, I mean, who who do you think is the best offensive player that guys were talking about outside of Trey? It still needs to be Trey. <laughs> I, I mean, it's de- this it's is de- awful. It's, def- it's well, definitely I, you know Trey, what? No, no, but... fuck this. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Derek White. Okay, I think Derek White. I, I, none of these guys. None him? of these guys are impressing me. Uh, wait, Derek wait, White. What about, a really, yeah. what about Derek yeah. White versus Jalen Brown? You think Derek White's been uh, better than Jalen Brown? Yes. Yes, I do. I do think Derek White has been better than, than Jalen Brown. Uh, Jalen Brown is really shooting the ball poorly this year. He never passes. And like, like yeah. Jalen Brown is shooting right now. Uh, all right. 36% for downtown. He's, he's gotten a little bit better there. Uh, but, you know, still basically average true shooting doesn't distribute. Like, I, I think he's a, an important defensive player for them. But I, I think White is more critical to what they're doing because of the shooting component that he adds. I think he's as good or better defensively than Jalen Brown. They do different things. White does more as a health defender. I think White really pushes their pace more also. Uh, White like White has the ball in his hands more. He's more of a decision maker. Yeah, I, I think I I think I will go with Derek White ultimately. I, I'm just not wowed enough by any of these other guys. Uh, you know, there's a lot okay. of usage guys. Like I would I would guess actually that Paolo Bancaro is going to get a look from the coaches. Uh, he has depending been, on what Orlando's record is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if they if they lose like one or two more games and they're they're not <laughs> in the playoffs, then you know that's going to completely change things. Yeah, and he's. He's been really inefficient now. He's down a 53% true shooting, and he's had to just do too much with the ball, particularly at the end of games with Franz out in this last stretch. Uh, like, I do think he's actually underrated on defense, but he's just, his jumper is not quite there yet, uh, and his finishing craft is not quite there yet to really, like, be efficient offensively. So I, I, it's hard for me to get him into the mix and... So yeah, I, I think I am going to go with Derek. Wright. I mean, I just part of that maybe is the reward him for winning. But when you look at the advanced metrics, it's 
quite insane uh, how much he helps them. They're 14 points for 100 in the positive when he's on the floor, 10.5 points for 100 better when he's on the floor, which is one of the best numbers in the Eastern Conference. And yeah, I don't like to do the reward for winning, but none of these other guys are wowing me. So yeah, I think I will go with Derek White. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with Scotty Barnes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Because I I guess you just, there's always the tension of, all right, at what point is it better to have the complimentary player or the leading man who's not necessarily leading you that far? Yeah. And I think the level of guys we're talking about, Randall, uh, Scotty Barnes, Siakam, that maybe we're like, you're getting to that point with Derek White because like his complimentary skills on a really good team. Like I do value the ability to take a really good team to the next level. Like if you put any of these other guys we're talking about on the Celtics, they would be worse. I think if you replace Derek White with them, I mean, acknowledging that some of these guys are are forwards and some are guards, but still. All right. Well, I, I guess we have to spend some time in the West now. I yeah. <laughs> like it's funny. The worse the players get, the more you have to argue about. It. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's. Uh, where where are we going with your starters in the West? Let's start at the guard position. Yeah, uh, Shea and Luca. Like, is there any is there any reason no. to dispute that? No, I don't. I don't think so. And previously, when Steph was amazing or Devin Booker was amazing, I might have said, "Hey, let's move Luca to the front court." But the front court is uh, pretty solid as well right now. So yeah, Shea and Luca. Should we continue with the the rest of the guards? Or you want to do the starting front court? Let's let's go to the starting front court because the 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 guards gets gets a little gets a little crazy pretty quickly I think yeah um, so Nikola Jokic obvious right yes and then we have to pick two other guys after that I I would certainly take Anthony Davis as one of them and then whoa 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 over Kevin Durant uh yeah I just think Davis has been awesome defensively this year and has had a pretty good year even even at the offensive end. Played a wow! Lot of I, not not even in my my top four for the front court. Wow! wow. Assuming Jokic okay. is a lock. Yeah, yeah. And then for the other spot for me, it came down to a debate between Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant, which is an unsolvable debate. But I I went with Kevin Durant, uh, and I don't totally know how I feel about that. And I may change my mind six more times in the next twenty minutes. But that um, just just felt like maybe he's been a, a slight bit better than Kawhi so far. Very slightly. <sighs> yeah, I mean both both of these guys. Uh, I mean Kawhi. Kawhi is a little better on defense than KD. At least I think at least on a night to night basis. I think KD actually might be able to reach a higher level than Kawhi due to the rim protection that he provides uh, at this point in time. But both these guys are actually like playing power forward now. The Harden kind of plays power forward defensively for that team. I mean Clippers are better than Phoenix. They probably have more talent than Phoenix too. I, I just went with both Durant and Kawhi. I think, A, those guys are the best players. Like, Kawhi has played plenty. He's played 37 games. KD's played 35. Like, they're basically almost the exact same number of minutes. But I, I if the minutes are comparable, I actually value games played over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them are shooting incredible percentages from three. Kawhi just absolutely never turns it over, uh, which that's really incredible for a, a high-usage guy, how little he does that. And, yeah, I think those are just, like, Jokic, Strand, Kawhi are just the best guys. Like, And I would probably still have LeBron over AD. Hmm. Um, I, I, I think I, mean, I think AD's been the Lakers' best player this year. I, I just think he's been fantastic on the defensive end, and that he's held together a team that is otherwise not very good. Yeah, and Kawhi's brand, I think, again, you know, he, he was getting he had a rough start to this the season, and then he missed. 
missed a couple of weeks and people were like, oh, he's missing time again. But like, no, he's played 37 games. That's yeah. plenty. Yeah, he's been fun. Uh, yeah. He's on track to make on NBA. Yeah, I, I mean, I think certainly Davis and James are my next two obvious front court guys in the West. We, so uh, we still have the yeah. same top five ultimately, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Cause those are the, yeah, the five captain obvious guys and like boohoo, the Lakers are getting two guys in the all-star game when they're below 500. Yeah. Cause the rest of their team sucks. Okay. Like this is that, like they, these are clearly two of the best players in the conference. Like what are we doing? So, yeah. So let me, yeah. And they're also like two top 75 players of all time, you know, hall of famers, obviously. Welding instructor, Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like Forge FX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So let me just run through the rest of these West Front Court candidates right now. This is ridiculous. Paul George. Mm-hmm. Ah, just shooting 42% from three on nine three-point attempts uh, per 36. Pretty good. Uh, Lowry Markkinen, pretty damn underrated, I I would say as well. But given what the Jazz are doing, it's I I think it's obvious again that like last year was no fluke. He's a really, really good player. And if you ever get him as a number two on a really good team, I would say like really watch out. Chet Holmgren, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, one of the best young rim protectors in the league, kind of doing in OKC what Porzingis is doing in Boston. Mm -hmm. Legitimate candidate. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you want to count uh, Jalen Williams of OKC as a front court guy. Um, Alperin Shangun uh, basically is the Rockets' offense, and it's gotten better defensively. They've been good defensively. Rudy Gobert, probably yes. my defensive player of the year right now. I mean, this is like any of these guys. I think I would have above these guys we were talking about to finish out. Uh, certainly, the the wild card guys in the East. Yeah, uh, I'll mention Sabonis since you didn't, uh, but another good player who's been really durable on a winning team. Uh, and Victor Wembanyama has great individual numbers like great <laughs> individual numbers right i know is yeah. as horrible as the team has been uh i mean even even like i mean some of the other guys too uh zion williamson carl anthony towns like definitely have what you would traditionally consider to be all-star numbers from these guys like carl anthony Towns, 63 percent true shooting and he's gotten he hasn't been tanking their defense uh the way he has in the past because he's got other guys around him now so yeah it's uh pretty tough crowd here we got to pick one of these guys for our last front court spot yeah who, yeah, yeah who do you have at the top of that group man this is so hard <laughs> i went back and forth between two guys like, who, who do you uh, think is just the best player of those guys yeah i mean that's what i went back and forth over yeah. uh between paul george and lowry Markinen and Gobert not in there for you? I I can't I can't get there with him. No, I I, I had him like one peg further down. I, 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 I mean, I, the I, obvious defensive player of the year, second most in player, most important player on the best team in the West. I think Minnesota's record is is doing a lot of. Uh, 
a lot of work here. Yeah. I, 105 defensive rating when yeah. Rudy Gobert is on the floor. Yeah. No, he's he's definitely had a tremendous bounce back year. It would be a no-brainer in the Eastern Conference. But I just like I, I'm not even sure I would pick him, but I just want to yeah, lay out yeah. lay out that yeah. resume. And all, all the rim protection numbers are really good for him. Uh you know, I think he is an offensive liability at this point in time, but that's so so that does kind of hold back his candidacy. But I, I he might even be the most important player on the Wolves. Might be. Might be. We we need more like screen assist stats. Where'd where'd that go? Ever since he left Utah, we don't hear about that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who even is if you had to guess who the screen assist leader is this season, I wonder who that would be. Jokic? No. Oh, might might be. Might be. No, he probably has the ball too much. Yeah, who's like maybe oh, it's probably Jared Allen. I bet you it's Jared Allen. That's I was gonna good. say Ivica Zubats. Oh yeah. Very underrated player. Uh let me see if I can look that up while while you <laughs> while you tell me who, who you're picking for your final front court. It's hard, but I I had to go with, with Paul George. I I just think he just he just fits in every single in every single alignment you could possibly concoct. Paul George fits. And I think there's just a lot of additional value in that. Like no matter what the hell else you have on your team, Paul George can handle the ball or he can defend the best player on the other team, or he can be a spot up guy. Uh, like he, he could do all these things at a, and at a fairly high level too. And so even though he doesn't necessarily end up with the overall stat profile of some other guys, I think they're a, underneath it all like he's just a better player yeah i think so it's it's tough for me to say larry marketing is better than paul george and uh by the way i should have known this sabonis the leader in screen oh assists. there we go yes yeah yes uh anthony davis daniel gafford nikola Jokic, jalen duran yusuf nurkic rudy gobert jared allen round out uh, your top eight wow in that all-important category <laughs> so yeah yeah put sabonis on actually um yeah, I, I mean, I think well, and then and then the guards too. Once we start comparing these guards and forwards, it's gonna be th- yeah. that's why I think because we so could we could because we could guy. have we could have moved Paul George to guard, but I think as we get through this, you'll we'll see that we don't need to do that. Okay, that that seems fair. Yeah, I, I think Holmgren to me, I'm just I'm not quite comfortable enough with what he brings to the table. Uh, and again, I noticed he's kind of doing what Porzingis is doing in the East, but I, I think some of these other guys just to, are in more of a traditional role. Holmgren's not like an amazing rebounder. He contests a lot of shots. He's not quite at the absolute top in terms of the percentage he allows at the rim. And his shooting is like good, but not like unbelievable as like a pick and pop guy. He's not, he's not involved in as many actions offensively as some of these other guys are. So I, I think may, maybe as I get more familiar with him, because, you know, he's kind of one of these does a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet, guys. But I'm also just not quite as comfortable with what he does as just the, the overall, uh, I guess, uh, quality of, of his game for a guy who's a rookie with these more established guys. But, you know, he certainly has like an adequate all-star resume. Say. Um, yeah, I guess I got to go PG over over Markkanen, much as it pains me. I really, and if Markkanen doesn't make my team, that's going to, I'm going to not feel very good about that. Okay, guards, Steph Curry, still uh, in there. I, well, let, let's just go through the candidates here. Yeah. All right, we good, got. Good, good luck winnowing down this list. So we got okay. Devin Booker. Yep. Curry. Anthony Edwards, yep. De'Aaron Fox, James Harden, who's helped the Clippers turn around their season. Uh, Kyrie Irving, only 26 games, but has put up really great numbers. Uh, the Jamal Murray, remember him? No. 
<laughs> he's played 30 games actually it's not yeah uh, yeah i i still i want to see murray to me i just he needs to do more when Jokic is off the floor to me to to get into this this company and yeah that's probably that's probably it uh, among your guards so so yeah so let's go through that one more time it's edwards booker curry Fox, harden harden Kyrie. Yeah, I mean, are, are you making Jalen Williams a guard? I guess. He, I mean, I mean are, he really plays we, more of a front court role. I mean, but. are we really talking about him with these other guys? No, we might be by the end of the year. But yeah, we're not right now. He's not yeah. quite high enough usage. I think his defensive contributions are pretty underrated, though, at this point. I mean, he's, he's guarding like power forwards for them. Yeah. Uh, and like he's starting to shoot the lights out to like he... That guy's coming on. Uh, he's he is a and like OKC's offense without Shea, like he's kind of running that now. It's looking pretty decent. Um, okay, who's a who's a lock here for you? It's got Edwards has to be a lock. So Edwards and guys, Booker probably the two guys I had one and two here were Edwards and Booker. Yeah, wow, amazing that. I mean, Steph Curry, if he was playing the way he played the first month and a half of the season, I would have him maybe even ahead of both these guys. But this competition is pretty fierce. Uh, and he's fallen off quite a bit. He's under 40% from three now, having one of his least efficiencies. He's been awful defensively. I was going to bring up Warriors that, that the been. other thing. Like, he has slipped so much on the defensive end, too. That yeah. And and I think that's, you know, I think that's something that you have to assume is at least somewhat permanent at his age, like going forward, and not just like, ah, oh, yeah. it's just a little slump, you know? So, yeah. That, I, that I mean, negative, negative 1.9 defensive uh, estimated Raptor, negative one. 1.0 uh, defensive estimated plus minus and the biggest argument for Curry always was well hey look what the Warriors do offensively when he's on the floor it's not just his individual statistic it's also how he's opening things up for other players well there's still 116.6 offensive rating when he's on the floor is just not really that impressive uh, and they are 8.7 points per 100 worse defensively when he's out there again they have many other problems besides him I think he could be okay still if they had the pieces around him that they had two years ago but they don't anymore and yeah his individual Individual statistics uh, are down uh, quite a bit as well. He, he contributes to uh, some of their turnover problems. Yeah, 62% true shooting is a pretty low number uh, for Steph Curry at this point in time. And so I'm, uh, I, I mean, he might still make my team, but yeah, I think he's clearly got to be below Edwards and Booker. So that now leaves us with and Harden, I think like he's just in too low usage of a role to me, like over, under 20% uh, yeah. scoring usage. So Kyrie, would be in here, honestly, if he'd played a little bit more. So I think it's for the two wild cards, it's Curry and Fox, Markinen and Gobert are probably my four guys for two slots. So it came down to those same four guys for me. I also had Jamal Murray in the conversation, but ultimately like the guy I felt like I just could not leave off. I had to be player number 11 was Lowry Markkinen. Uh, he's he's just become a dude this year. I think he's he's become much more of a guy who's not just scoring off of plays from other people, but is creating a lot more for himself and is still super efficient, shoots it from deep, gets to the line a ton, uh, creates mismatches. Is, uh, is mobile defensively in, in different roles. Like in the Thunder game, they put him on Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So I, I think he does a lot more than just being a, you know, floor spacer slash play finisher. And, I, you know, we've seen that in Utah's performance lately. I think he's just a really good offensive player. Yeah, 65% 
true shooting, which is right at, at the top of this list. And I think, you know, he's better defensively than a lot of these guys. He's been pretty versatile in their zone defense as well. I mean, for this Utah Jazz team, 119 offensive rating when Markin is on the floor, which drops to 107 when he's off. And if you look at both estimated Raptor and estimated plus minus, he's basically in the top eight in both of those in the conference. And this isn't about necessarily rewarding Utah. Like it is more of an ensemble cast. Markin's actually playing a somewhat fewer minutes and he's missed a little bit of time also. But, uh, and I think even though he's not, you know, a great passer, he's gotten a little bit better as a passer, but he's also like some of those off ball actions that they run for him. Like a lot of their offense just flows out of that. Even if he's not getting the ball, you have to account for him on those plays. And it's a little bit like Steph almost, right? Yeah. Like, cause he, if you go under on him, he'll just pop that three. You, you got to stay attached to his body. You can't lock and trail because then he'll turn the corner. He's a seven footer coming downhill. He's going to just dunk on your whole team. And so now if you switch him, that's probably where teams have had the most success, just kind of bogging things down a little bit. And maybe he needs to get a little bit better there. But I, I think overall, like he is, he's just really difficult to deal with. And he fits on any team uh, as well, which is, I think so. Yeah. I mean, am I going to pick him over like Steph Curry and De'Aaron Fox though? I mean, that's that once you get into comparing positions, that just, that gets really tough. I can't go there yet over Curry. Curry to me has got it. I'm not at the point yet where I can deal with an all-star team without <laughs> Stephen Curry. And, and his, his numbers are still you know good enough to get him there. And so that leaves me with, Fox, Markinen, and Gobert. Yeah, it's not, it really also pains me to leave Gobert like this. And it's funny, John, like nobody in the entire West has really missed much time this year. Like nobody that matters. Like that's part of why this is so hard. You realize that Anthony Davis has played the most minutes of any of these guys we talked about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is remarkable. I would not have predicted that. No. So yeah, Steph is on there. I think I will. I I will go with Markinen as my last guy. I mean, that's crazy to leave off De'Aaron Fox as well. Like he made my All NBA team. Uh, the Kings are kind of going into free fall a little bit lately. And let me just look a little bit more closely at Fox and his candidacy. Yeah, he's just started to fall off a little bit in terms of his efficiency. And I think that's and I've seen it's crazy to think this for the clutch player of the year last year, but I've seen a lot of games where he hasn't really been able to generate a good shot at the end of the game. Uh, and I don't that to me has been uh, kind of stands out a little bit, too. He does bring more defensively than a few of these guards. Fox defensively, I th- I I feel like he's been pretty good this year. Yeah, I think that was one of the th- one of the things that made him a really strong candidate. Yeah, and, and the Kings' offense is awful when he's off the floor, which is different than last year. Last year, it was Sabonis who was the statistical linchpin, at least, uh, of that group. Yeah. Now this is impossible. I, can we just move the Kings to the to the Eastern to Conference? The East, right. Yeah. For, they can for get two All Stars. Uh, yeah. So for me, for that last spot, Curry versus Fox. Like you said, it was just impossible to to split hairs between them. A lot of their numbers are really similar. Uh, yeah. I would also boy, say I don't buy Fox's three point shooting. <laughs> He's shooting the same percentage 40. as Steph, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, what it came down to for me was whether Fox's 
defense offset his reduced offensive efficiency compared to Steph? Because Fox Fox has played more as like some of these like Eastern Conference volume guys that we talked about, whereas where the yeah. true shooting hasn't been as high, but he's generated a ton of shots. And I think at the highest levels that, you know, that isn't quite as valuable as having a weapon like Steph. So I'm going to give Steph the benefit of the doubt on this one. To, to be clear, it's ridiculous that both these players aren't in the All-Star game, right? And yeah. it speaks to the insane depth of quality in the West that we're even having this discussion. Uh, but yeah. so I'm gonna, and so, it, some it, people are going to be are going to be mad about Fox versus Markkinen also, uh, or and Gobert too. I mean, if I if yeah. I actually say I believe in defense, this guy's the best defensive player in the league. He's not making this team. And you know, would have uh, been what like yeah. The representation crowd is going to be pissed too because the top four teams in the West, I think, all only have one player from us. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'll tell you what though, John. I, I mean, I guess. There, I think the East is going to have some ugly decisions in terms of what actually ends up happening. Uh, the West, it's just it's going to be hard to get too pissed off about what ends up happening. Honestly, uh, like so many of these, uh, I mean, they got sixteen All Star quality players. Yeah. Like even if someone like Holmgren made it, like I wouldn't be too pissed off. Or Shingun, yeah, Ho- Holmgren or Gobert, yeah. yeah, Jamal Murray, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, Jamal Murray was like the second best player on the team that won the championship last year. Like I, I can't like get too bent out of shape about that either. All right, so everyone, I want to remind you to sign up for Dunked On Prime. Uh, we are offering our best yearly deal at the moment if you're on monthly. And if you are a new subscriber, we are offering a one-month free trial. Unprecedented. I didn't even tell you about this, John. John, are you agog at the fact that we're offering our first ever one-month free trial? <laughs> this this is amazing. I, I, I'm just, your use of the word agog has, has thrown me. I can't even respond. It's one of my favorite words, actually. I use, I use that on the, uh, on the strategy stream when I'm doing play-by-play all the time, actually. Because <laughs> uh, there, there are a lot, of, a lot of coaches and players who are agog at the referees on a nightly basis. The Nick Nurse the incredulous best, face. The best ways right? to do it. Yeah. So I exhort you to try Dunked on Prime. You can do it. If you've been on the fence about it, try it for free. It's one of the best times of the year for the first month. You'll get our mock trade deadline episode as well. All of our trade deadline analysis. And if you don't like it, you can just cancel risk-free at the end of a month. So please consider that. And we will talk to you all next time here on Hollinger and Duncan or later today on Dunked on Prime with me and Danny LaRue. Till then. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.